0: Welcome to the Spirituality of Strength Training with your host, Anna Willard. This podcast is dedicated to bring you knowledge, wisdom, inspiration, and guidance to wherever you may be on your health journey. For those who are new to me, I am a kettlebell strength coach, a movement nerd ninja, and an empowerment coach on a mission to bring you hope through our health. The root word of health comes from wholeness. The root word of wholeness comes from holy. Despite our differences with religion and spiritual beliefs, we are all human beings with a body that is designed to reflect this holiness through our health. It wasn't until my seventh year as a health profession where I went into a deep awakening of understanding what does it mean to train my spirit and to heal my spirit through the physical. You'll hear a little bit more about my story from other health professionals, from strength coaches, psychiatrists, spiritual gurus and leaders, to other people who talk about the importance of our health as a community body and the health of our planet as well. This podcast is to allow us to step into our whole health mentally physically emotionally and spiritually thank you for being here if you love what you hear i encourage you to subscribe if you want more inspiration and quotes from these podcasts i encourage you to follow me on instagram at anna underscore willard underscore i encourage you to do a little bit of a movement either yoga flow go for a walk sit in nature as you enjoy this episode. Welcome strong ones. This is another episode of Fitness to Forgiveness Challenge. We have a beautiful guest, Rita Johnson. She is a Reiki healer a life coach and a student at the Somatic Trauma Experiencing Institute, and she was just an angel sent to me at a moment where I just needed some confirmation. I was driving around Edmonds, and I was one of those moments where I needed like a sign, and I literally got a sign, and it was a sign of the psychic fair. I was like, what is this? And then I stopped, pulled over, took a picture. I'm like, oh, it's happening this weekend. So I went, and that's how I met Rita, and she was just one of those blessings that I needed and just those confirmations and those words that I needed of knowing that I was on the right path. So, Rita, I am super honored that you are here today. Thank you so much.
1: Mm, Thank you for having me, and I'm so excited and honored as well to be here with you.
0: Yeah. And so this is, since we are talking about Fitness for Forgiveness, I know part of your story is this story of debt that you got yourself out of. Do you mind if we just kind of, well, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. First, can you just talk a little bit first on what Reiki healing is? For those who are coming from the strength world may not know what that is. And then she's like, they're like, Anna's bringing on this, what type of healer? Um, so <laughs> can you first explain what Reiki healing is and what the importance of that with trauma work?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny because before I got into Reiki, I said the same thing, Reiki what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Reiki is uh, working with the universal life force energy, the the healing energy that runs through us all. We all have this ability to heal ourselves, just like if we got a paper cut and we waited and we didn't do anything, a week or two later, it would be healed. And what happens Over time, as we go through life and we have these experiences, sometimes I like to think of them as like little nicks or dings. And sometimes we just kind of throw our energy or a healing ability, or maybe we forget that we have it. And so Reiki is, in essence, working with that and helping you strengthen your own ability to heal. So naturally working with trauma, uh, a lot of trauma victims have have forgotten that they have that Mm -hmm. ability. Um, there's a lot of internal work to be done around trauma and, uh, using Reiki as a way to help empower the person that I'm working with that you have this.
0: Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then how does that play into, um, or is there any crossover with what you're learning at the somatic experiencing trauma Institute?
1: And they work so well, hand in hand, so um, SE or somatic experiencing you may hear me refer to them as both. Uh, but SE is body-based trauma therapy, mm-hmm. and it's learning to uh, learning to lean into resources. So just for example, someone uh, that may have experienced sexual assault, for example may then disassociate so there's this disconnection with their body and so se really is helping you reconnect with the resources that you have in your body uh, helping you reconnect with the different sensations in your body and then reiki just pairs so nicely with that because as we are taking the baby steps to reconnect and taking the steps to stand in our power and to feel the different sensation, to feel joy, to feel happiness again. It just, it really is an inside out, um, experience an inside out job.
0: Awesome. Cool. Well, um, I'm excited to learn more from you, um, in the future from all that type of stuff. Um, now we're going to go back to the topic of fitness for forgiveness. And I know you have this incredible story of getting out of a huge debt load. How did forgiveness and self-forgiveness play into that as you were getting or going through that process for you? Gosh, I had to do so
1: many different levels and layers of, I had to forgive myself for, for allowing myself to make decisions that I knew in the moment that I made them, they were out of alignment and I did it anyway. Mm -hmm. which led to being in debt. Uh, So I had to do forgiveness work around my past actions, around not being honest with myself, Mm -hmm. uh, around not being honest with others because I wasn't honest with myself. So therefore my actions followed. I, I wasn't honest with, when I signed that paper and said I was going to pay this back, that was now, you know. Now I had to deal with that. So there were just so many different layers of forgiveness. Uh, at the time, I was a brand new mom. I mm-hmm. was a brand new mom, and I just brought this new life into this world, and we were drowning in debt, and it was so hard. And I had to do the work, forgiving myself for bringing life into this world in the situation that uh, I didn't want her to be in.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Did she, was she more of like um, the motivation to kind of step into that process for you and your family? Absolutely. Oh, she's, she, I
1: almost don't want to say this to kind of put this uh, weight, I guess, on her, but mm-hmm. she really, becoming a mom was really a catapult to so many things. Becoming a mom was the catapult to looking at my life looking at my behavior, my actions, looking at, is this the life that I really, truly want to live, to look at and be honest? Am I happy? She was the catapult to, yes, getting out of debt. She was the catapult to me doing my own healing work and becoming a certified life coach and a healer.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: yes. Becoming a, a mom, becoming a parent, huge,
0: yeah. huge
1: milestone in my journey. Absolutely.
0: Awesome. What type of wisdom can you give for those like me who are single and may not have that same type of motivation? Where can we draw motivation from to move us in a place that allows us to go through this process of self-forgiveness of past actions that I like what you said about not being in alignment with our true self. Yeah. Um, what? How can you help um, stem this type of motivation um, if we are in that single chapter in our life?
1: We, I, I really do believe that we all have some event happen to us at mm. some point in our life that kind of rocks us to our core, that really shakes up that root, that grounding, like makes us look around. It makes us question our path. So, for it may, like you said, it may not be becoming a parent, but maybe it's looking around at your career and saying before before becoming a mother, um, another milestone, another huge kind of um, stone in my journey was looking at my career. I was so unhappy Mm -hmm. and miserable and physically sick, physically in the bathroom before taking the drive to work. So that was another huge catapult for me to make changes. So it doesn't have to be being a parent. And if you, you know, I understand not everyone has that to draw from, but they're, we all have these things that really, they're like asteroids. They really cause us, they crash and cause us to question, what are we doing here?
0: Mm -hmm. What am I
1: doing? What's going on?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was um, your practice with forgiveness and getting out of debt? Was it like a daily ritual that you kind of had to go through or was it, one of those moments where you had to say no and be true to yourself saying, no, I can't afford this. This is what I need to be doing to get my finances healthy again. Was that, how did forgiveness in that process um, go hand in hand?
1: It looked different along the way. Um, Mm -hmm. I do believe that regardless of our processes, our rituals, our routines, they are meant to, shift and change with the seasons. So Mm -hmm. some, some of my forgiveness work was journaling, journaling, which to me has always been one of my safe and sacred spaces. That's where I can be 100% honest. Here it is on paper and I don't have to speak it and I don't have to share with anyone Mm -hmm. other than, you know, me and spirit or universe or whoever. So journaling about my true feelings and about what I had going on was a huge uh process, a huge aid in forgiving um, I think that was really the biggest um, the, the biggest part of of doing that self forgiveness for me
0: mm-hmm. I like what you said about the seasons and how like rituals change with the seasons when someone is practicing this aspect of forgiveness, what are some different seasons with forgiveness that people may go through?
2: Different
1: seasons in forgiveness. There's so many layers. There's, there's the season of needing to forgive yourself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's the season of needing to forgive others. There's the season of needing to forgive yourself on the level of not knowing what you didn't know. Mm. So we, sometimes we know the things that we, that we don't know. Like I know that I don't know my mother-in-law's spaghetti recipe. I just, I know that I don't know it. Right. But then there are things that we don't realize that we don't know until later on when we evolve and when we grow and when we have this experience and we look back and we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I said that. I am so embarrassed because where I sit right now I probably wouldn't have said that or I probably wouldn't have acted that way. So there's there's different layers as we start to peel back.
0: Yeah. With this concept of self-forgiveness, do you believe that opens up kind of what you're going back to what you're saying I didn't even realize that I said that um for yourself to be forgiven by others?
1: It does. It do- It opens the door for compassion. It opens the door for understanding. And when we have that for ourselves, it really does make it so much easier to be able to come from the heart and give that to someone else. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um. So say that you're in a situation where you realized that like maybe a year goes by where you hurt someone and you realize like, the pain that you caused on them. And you go through this process of self-forgiveness, but then you go and ask also the person to forgive what happens or any advice on when that person does not forgive and they kind of hold that grudge against you. How do you, how do people manage that when they want to portray this love and forgiveness towards others, but people aren't acceptance of it?
1: First, it's important to acknowledge and recognize forgiveness is forgiveness comes from doing the work internally. Mm -hmm. When we are, when we are expecting, we can't be forgiven until someone else gives that to us. That's forgiveness with condition. Mm. And we also have to recognize that not everyone forgives in the same way. We're all so different. Not everyone has the resources. Not everyone has access to the same sense of safety, Mm -hmm. the same processes. So someone not giving forgiveness, um, I think that's just another layer of forgiveness and understanding that we need to have a level of respect that they may not be ready to go down that road. And just because we are, doesn't mean that someone else is. Right. Right. Yeah, that's great. Again, and that's work that we can then take that and then continue to do our own forgiveness work around that. Okay, this person is not going to give me forgiveness in this moment. Right. How do I feel about that? What's showing up for me around that?
0: Mm -hmm. I love how you brought up the um, fact of safety and how some people may not have the same safety. How does safety mentally, physically, and emotionally play into this concept of forgiveness and the importance of it?
1: In order for us to really be able to do the work to do some of this deep stuff, we really need this place of safety. So for example, if we are trying to do the work around healing trauma, but we're still in the traumatic Situation. Not saying that we can't then heal because we can change our mindset and we can. But there's 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 only so much you can do when you're still in that situation. So um, that's important to keep in mind when Mm -hmm. when doing this work is that you know not everyone does does have that. Mm-hmm. And feeling safe and feeling safe enough to say, okay, I'm ready to address this. Yeah. Feeling safe enough to say, okay, I feel like I'm in a place where if this anger does come up and out, I'm still safe.
0: Yeah. If the
1: the things that um, people may not be ready to hear comes up and out, I still feel safe.
0: Mm-hmm. So how do you help your clients feel safe within their body? Or do you think it's, um, this is kind of a twofold question, um, creating safety in the environment or is it safety internal more? I repeat the question. Yeah. I'm not giving it, um, I'm not articulating it. Well, do you believe safety is something that we create internally similar to how we focus on forgiveness as an internal or is safety also um, played out within the environment that we live in? It's both
1: mm-hmm. It's both. and, and they do affect each other in various ways. So if we're not feeling safe in our external environment, it can create a sense of not feeling safe and it can create all of this anxiety and, um, frustration or angst because of the external environment, now this is created on the internal environment, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. When we have internal internal turmoil, sometimes we will project that into our outside environment, and then start to create that on the outside. So they do very much play into into each other.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um. Thank you for that. Um. You brought up this concept or the anger um, of feeling safe, if anger does come up. I know from my own journey of healing, there's been a lot of anger um, and frustration that I've had to express. What is the importance of learning not to bypass anger with forgiveness and learning how to be safe with our own anger?
1: There's two, um, there's two things that come to mind. One, when we feel we heal mm. and yeah. things that are not addressed, the things that we repress will eventually need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And that just, we, we, there's only so much bypassing we can do. And so a couple of, a couple of things to answer your question. One, it will continue to resurface and it may not resurface in anger. It may morph into anxiety. It may morph into, uh, feelings of isolation. It may morph into self doubt. It may morph into how we show up in our relationships. So when we don't address these things, they're going to continue to try to get our attention to be addressed so that we can then learn the lesson. We can then evolve. Mm -hmm. So, bypassing anger is, I don't, I don't even know that it's possible. I guess really anything is possible, but I say that only because it will continue to re in some way, shape or form.
0: Yeah. And do you think, um, if people lean into it and feel the anger more, that will also transform into the form of grief? And that's in the process of healing? Or is it people bypass or not bypass, but don't even want to feel anger because they don't even want to feel the grief?
1: It could be that, yes, uh, we're, we're really powerful too. Yeah. And at times, if you've ever been really freaking pissed off and really freaking angry, and you're like, I could smash someone right now, you know, we, we as humans, we're so incredibly powerful. And I think that sometimes these, these powerful emotions scare us. And yeah. so we, we don't want them to come. We don't want the anger to come up because we're not that person. And we, and we feel really scared that this is a part of who we are. And so there's, there, there's so many different layers and feelings. And, and yes, it could be not wanting to address the grief and the anger and the frustration. And it could also just be, we're scared of ourselves. Yeah. We're scared of our own power.
0: Yeah. Um, I love how you brought that up because there's been a couple, (laughs) this is, I'll share this. I haven't shared this story yet, but the listeners know of how I've, I don't have this obsession with breaking glass. It's just breaking glass has happened a lot in my life. And I was really frustrated with something that happened over the weekend and we have this like clock above our window and I just shut the window really forcefully. And the clock came down and just shattered. I was like, again, like, it's just been one of those moments, like things have happened in my life where glasses either slipped in my, from my hands and shattered. Um, but at that moment, because I was so forceful and I was angry and that's how I was expressing my anger. That's it. You know, it, Vibrated up and the clock fell and shattered. And I was just like, whoa, what is going on here? Yeah. But it, what you're saying about with the power and everything, I think that goes along with my own story of just like, what do we do with this power then? Like, if we are angry and this is part of the healing process, how to heal in a way that's healthy with this anger? But then, how do we morph this anger and that passion? Um, and that energy into something else that is healing for others at the same time.
1: So that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, creating that safe space. Mm. Safe space is so important. And it's something that when I start working with my clients, I have an eight-week program that's focused around self-care and healing and creating these solid foundations for whatever is next, creating this solid platform. And one of the, in the first or second week of this program, my homework for my clients is create a sacred and safe space for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so being able to navigate and to morph and to address and to identify and to feel feel this anger, this power, it's having a, having a place where you feel okay and supported to be able to express and deal and feel and heal all of the different various emotions. Yeah. And it's also in the, in the somatic work and the SC work, it's baby steps. Mm-hmm. It's going from, shoving it down and not addressing it for years and years and years to let's look at all of it is really freaking scary. <laughs> yeah. And so it's little tiny baby steps of maybe let's not look at all your anger, but let's just see what do you notice? Mm-hmm. What do you notice in your okay, you notice some tension in your neck. Let's just sit with that for mm-hmm. just a little, let's just five minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's also baby stepping aside from having these safe spaces to be able to deal with all these emotions.
0: Yeah, that's great. I love that. I know um, with the somatic stuff, it deals a lot with the body. And this is something that I'm kind of exploring for myself and for this challenge is understanding where does forgiveness live within the body? And I'm curious of what your thoughts are on that.
1: Mm, I believe that it really has the potential to live anywhere in the body. Mm-hmm. The most common places, our chest, our heart space, our throat, our mm-hmm. center of expression and communication, our neck and our shoulders. This is where a lot of people carry this. And sometimes the head too, the migraines, the headaches. Mm-hmm. Oh, really it can be anywhere, but these are the more common places that I see the forgiveness work and where it's housed in the body, the chest mm-hmm. and the neck in the back area.
0: Cool. Awesome. i um, kind of going back to your story of how your daughter came into your life and it was one of those kind of awakening moments where you're like, okay, this is not the life I want to give my daughter and you going through this process of forgiveness. how? Important is forgiveness and not allowing past generation trauma to move forward into future generations. So important.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so important. Um, I do believe that there is a level of generational trauma that it, it, trauma can be passed down generationally. Um, Biologically, there's so many different studies. It's something that we study at the SE Trauma Institute about the brain and the nervous system and how things are carried down in our our DNA. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and trauma has the potential to be carried and passed down through our belief systems, our values. There's a lot of things that there's secrets Mm. that Sometimes don't get addressed, Uh, so there's there's all of these different layers. So the importance of learning to do our own forgiveness work is it's huge in our family tree. Because you know, when the parts of ourself that we heal, Mm
2: -hmm. we can
1: then support. I can then go support my daughter Mm -hmm. on something that I have done the work around, and then you know, who knows where that will trickle from
2: hmm
0: Yeah. Uh, what um, because this is something what you're talking about, like generations and trauma being passed down. And I did um a session with um a lady who does biofeedback. And one mm-hmm. of the things that she told me was that my body carries three generations of um lack of forgiveness and abuse and the um Lack of forgiveness around this type of abuse. And one of the things she, that she has me kind of going through is just this forgiveness prayer of past trauma that wasn't even bestowed on my physical body, but forgiving my past generations that kind of led me to where I am now. Yeah. Um, what is the importance of that type of work? Um, I know some people may not even think that that's important at all. Um, but what is, because we forgive our past, but I think there's also a layer of forgiving past generations as well that has led us to where we are currently. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Whenever I do this healing work around past generations. Mm-hmm. And again, I do like to baby stuff. Yeah. So, it first we may look at what are the some of the things in what are some of the things in our our parents or our grandparents or in in that generation that we may need to look at and do the healing around. And then as we start to look at that and peel back the layers, as we start to have a level of understanding of you know what I can understand because, um, and I'll just throw mom out because I know that a lot of the women I work with have mom issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of just people have mom issues and or and mom challenges, like big issues. <laughs> <laughs> mom challenges. Um, so it's it's looking at what in the relationship with your mom needs to be addressed, needs to be healed. What is some of the forgiveness work to do around that? And then as we start to look, okay, there's this level of understanding that maybe mom didn't have the skills, the resources, the tools. Mm. And then when we look at that, we want to ask the question, why? Okay. Then we go back another generation
2: mm-hmm. and
1: we look at that and then we go back another. So it's, it's really that baby step, but start, you know, what's the most pressing right now? Is it, is it sister, brother, mother, aunt, uncle, where, where in your family that's more close generationally that mm-hmm. we can start doing this forgiveness
0: healing work around? Yeah, that's great. I love the baby step approaches that you take through. Um, cause that's, if we take on too much, I think our brain and our body gets overwhelmed. And that's where some of the anxiety yeah. comes on. Um, and I know just with my personality, I'm like this all or nothing type of person. I'm like, let's all do it all at once. Me
1: today. too. Yeah. Me <laughs> too. And then I'm gung-ho and I do it. And then it may be, it didn't turn out the way that I thought. All right. And then I really have like the self-doubt and questioning and think, okay, let's reassess.
2: Let's do
1: Yeah. Well, I'm a huge fan of the baby step yeah. Because as, with this trauma work, you can never go too slow, but you can go too fast.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: And it's really important to not trigger someone,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, not intentionally. It's really important to, if someone's not ready to address something, mm-hmm. if, if it's not there, we're not going to force it. So that I'm a huge Fan of the baby step process because of that, because I've seen what could happen if we go too fast and we're overzealous, raising my hand here
0: right. we're overzealous
1: <laughs> and take these huge leaps, and we kind of forget some of the things in
2: between
0: um so going off of that um I know I kind of like to move at fast pace and I'm just like the go get them of like, do, 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 let's get this stuff done. Okay. And I don't even realize um, some of the effects it has on other people. And I know with my own journey of healing, I probably have hurt a lot of other people who are very close to me. And so where does forgiveness, I guess that this is, um, I don't even know how to, put words to this question, but as someone's healing and you speak your truth, there is going to be some type of pain with the truth being revealed. How does forgiveness play into that when you know you're going to speak your truth and there is going to be kind of like that, that heartache of the truth and you're not meaning to be Causing more pain on other people, but you can't live with the pain anymore. So, h- how does forgiveness play into all that? If you understand what I'm saying,
1: I do. I'm digesting. I, I, oh, I understand exactly what you're. saying. Okay. I'm digesting it. In there. Um, here's it. The, Because here's the, here's my thought is when we do this forgiveness work and we have really, we forgive, we are not holding on to the anger and the malice and the resentment and the bitterness. We really, truly forgive. Mm -hmm. And we are speaking our truth from that place, no matter how painful it can be. Sitting in that space of I'm I'm speaking my truth because it needs to be spoken. I'm speaking my truth because others need to know that they're not alone. I'm speaking my truth to support others in healing. I'm not speaking my truth to be malicious. We come from that space. Yeah. The the people that are hurt from that truth, you think that that is it just speaks to maybe the level of healing that they still also need to do as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do think that we also have a layer of forgiveness to do around. I know that this is going to, to be painful. Yeah. I know that it is. And we have to do our own, you know, again, coming from that place of really true, like love
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and forgiveness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I asked earlier, um, another guest of the relationship of love and forgiveness. I'm curious of what um, your take is. I know love obviously plays a huge role with forgiveness um, and there can't be one without the other, but what is your view of love and forgiveness?
1: They very much are intertwined, very much on the, is the same frequency Um, For forgiveness for me, communication comes up a lot. Mm. Uh, So forgiveness and communication, but then there's love in there too. And so those actually three, to me, go together. And when we start to do that deeper work and we start to really forgive and peel back the layers and get to the core of why this – Thing, this experience, this situation, this person—why I'm angry
2: mm-hmm. I at
1: the core of it—we felt mistreated, or victimized, or uh, misunderstood. There was there was a level of love that we were missing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that we need to reconnect to to heal mm-hmm. and to love on that part of ourselves that was hurt.
0: Yeah, it's a great perspective of bringing that back in cuz i know even with my own trauma of paying attention to that little girl inside of me and being that um letting her speak and letting her explore some of those dreams yeah. um and giving her that freedom and that safety and i love how you said you know loving that area that was lack of love through the trauma that we may have experienced um so thank you for saying that Oh, oh, you're welcome. Huge. Yeah. welcome. Yeah, we all
1: have that little girl. We do a
0: lot of little girl work and yeah.
1: reconnecting with that little girl and let's play nice with her and let's, you know, what does she
2: need?
0: Yeah. This goes back to the generation question, and you talked about um the concept of working around the relationship with mother, daughter. And one of the things I have thought about working with in my own relationship with my mom is seeing the little girl in her and realizing, can I see the little girl in myself, but also can I see the little girl that may be still living from that scared place? Yes. Um, so I don't even know if this is a question, but do you have anything to add on that or how can we live from that point of view?
1: Compassion. Remember we were just talking about really, truly releasing and letting go of the anger really peeling back the layer of why did this cause me these feelings did i feel that my boundary was breached or did was it because i was violated or my perception of being violated so really peeling back addressing the anger addressing the frustration, addressing all of the different emotions
2: mm-hmm.
1: and having that compassion really helps us to be able to see others from that same space. Mm-hmm. And I, re- I really truly believe we all, all of us, mother, father, brother, sister, aunt, your neighbor, mm-hmm. all of us just want to be loved. We want to be loved. We want to know that we are enough. And we want to know that we're, we're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. And it really, if we can, if we can look at our mom from that, we know that she wants, she wants to be loved. Mm -hmm. Our mom wants to know that she did a good enough job raising us. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Our dad, he wants the same, that he wants to know that he's loved and he's good enough. Mm -hmm. Our sister, our brother, our grandmother,
2: all of us, all of us.
0: Hey Strong Ones, this is a quick interruption. As a reminder, today is the first day of the Fall Fitness for Forgiveness Challenge. The way you can participate is simply click on my YouTube channel and subscribe to my newsletter. What you'll be receiving from that is videos on how to release tension through our body with this concept of self-massage. The emails will be giving you tools and guidelines of embodying forgiveness on the mental and emotional aspect of our life. As you finish up listening to the rest of this episode, what you can do is just scroll down through the show notes, click on those two links and subscribe. I'll be sending out all the details later tonight on the first day of this challenge. I look forward for you to join. Other than that, I'm going to be signing off so you can enjoy the rest of this episode my question is do you see the importance of teaching your kid or child the importance of not asking forgiveness when they've done wrong but giving forgiveness when someone's done wrong to them
1: i see the importance of both okay actually um what i see a lot is we go through the motions of say you're sorry and ask for forgiveness, and we do this with children mm-hmm. without really truly walking them through the process of forgiveness.
2: Mm.
1: It's it's we want them to have this level of empathy and understanding and understanding how their behavior affects other people. So. We, you know, oh, see, you're sorry for hitting, you know, so and so on the hand, and but then I also feel like we kind of leave our kids hanging a little bit, and again, it goes back to that generational. Perhaps we weren't taught, yeah, how to really truly do the forgiveness process. We were only taught, so it's it's that cycle. Mm-hmm. So we then grow up to become adults. And then we have kids, and then we also go through the motion of say, I'm sorry, and say, I forgive without really truly teaching our kids the, the process of forgiveness and understanding and asking and receiving forgiveness. So it's important for us to do our own work so right. that we can then show our kids and, and walk with that through our, you know, walk through that process with our kids.
0: Mm-hmm. So how do you um, teach forgiveness to your daughter life, life experiences. <laughs> um, and I say this and I use this example on another show um but there was a time where I was standing in line and these girls were playing and one girl's um, feelings got upset or I think they were sitting on a bench and one girl one of the daughters denied her sister spot on the bench and the mom I was just watching how the mom interacted with this and she had the two girls hold each other's hands and look into, into each other's eyes. And the daughter who caused the pain said, you know, I'm sorry. And it, it was a beautiful reaction between both the daughters because they just started playing and swinging each other's hands. And it became almost like this game of like, I'm sorry, you're forgiven. I'm sorry, you're forgiven. Yeah. Um, but it, what struck me was, why don't we teach our kids you're forgiven first? And invite this well, um, welcoming safety to feel to ask for forgiveness. (sighs) Yes,
1: that's such a good question. I wonder (laughs) the same thing. I wonder (laughs) the same thing. Uh, So I very much the same process, and again, I think sometimes we just don't know how we really truly Mm -hmm. as adults, we were, we weren't taught. Yeah. And if as adults, we don't seek out this resource, if we don't seek out this stuff, no one's knocking on our door. Hey, would you like a lesson on forgiveness? (laughs) So it's, it's, (laughs) that's, uh, that's how we start that process. Really. it, It all starts with ourselves. We have to be sounds really cheesy, but it's such the truth. We have Mm -hmm. to be that change that we want to see. So going back to your question, um, why aren't we taught or why don't we teach our our children to to come from the space if you're forgiven? Mm -hmm. Um, My question to answer your question would be, are we teaching our children to identify with their feelings? Uh, are we teaching yeah. our children to really truly process their emotions or are we forcing them to get over it mm-hmm. so if your child was bullied did you really truly walk with your child through the process of you know and not just in that week but maybe that month or that year
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's a really good point um yeah awesome <laughs> um, where, oh, so this is my other question about forgiveness for you. Um, cause you do a lot of body work with your clients and that type of stuff. Um, what are, is there any ritual or anything that someone can do physically that will help with forgiveness? And I mean, this of like not journaling, not speaking, but some type of movement modality that helps them, like you're saying at the beginning with their neck check or chest. Um, and that's kind of where the lack of forgiveness lives. Do you teach your clients anything of that type of body work, um, to help bring in the physical feeling of it?
1: I do. So with somatic experiencing SC, it really is about being mindful and being aware of your sensations and where they, where they're coming from, what they feel like without this label on them.
2: Mm.
1: And so, outside of session, another, another practice that I share with my clients and I walk my clients through is mindful movement, mindful move. It could be putting music on or maybe no music, but just really sit. What does your body want to do? Mm -hmm. No judgment, no labeling it. Just put the music on. And if your shoulder wants to move, let your shoulder move. Now, what do you, how do you feel like dancing? How do you feel, how do you feel like moving and just drop the judgment and whatever other chatter in your head and be really listen to your body and allow it to move. And when we can do that and we can, we get better and better as we do it more and mm-hmm. we start to drop the judgment and the labels, it opens the door for this forgiveness.
0: Hmm. I love that. So um. Makes me want to dance right now. <laughs> I'm always dancing. Yeah. Oh, that's too good. Um, let's see, what else do I have for you? Um, okay, so we talked a little bit about this concept of freedom with forgiveness. Does forgiveness lead to anything else besides just Freedom.
1: It. Uh, I do think it does. Uh, freedom is freedom. Gosh, it opens the door. So, freedom is this mm-hmm. like living in in alignment, being and being free, and being able to do and be and have this this sense of no restriction,
2: mm-hmm. the
1: sense of being in alignment with no restriction. And when we open the door for forgiveness, it also does open the door for that freedom. But that freedom, with that freedom, comes the compassion, comes the understanding, comes better communication. Because we've done that internal work to by, be able to put words to things that we're feeling, to be able to put words to past experiences. And so now it's opened the door to be able to communicate with other people maybe in a way that we weren't able to before. So it it opens the door to so, so many things. Yes. Mm -hmm. Not just freedom, but I do think freedom is a, is a huge catapult.
0: Yeah. I love that. Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, Is there a story or anything that you personally would like to share for the listeners of how you've gone and walked through this journey of forgiveness um, and what it has allowed you to become? So many stories. Yeah.
1: Well, I um I'm a huge advocate. I'm very vocal about one, just children, children having a voice and, and being having space in this world. And I'm also a huge advocate for mental illness. And I'm very open about my own uh my own journey, my own trauma, my own depression and, and my own stuff Mm -hmm. out there. And about two years ago, I received an apology that I never thought that I would receive. I never expected to receive it. I had done lots and lots of forgiveness work around this situation, around this particular person. And when I received this apology, again, it was not expected. I never, ever, ever thought that I would get it. And the two things that I remember through that process was one, receiving the apology for me really solidified that I did my work.
2: Mm.
1: I really truly had forgiven this person and receiving that about, and just remembering how I felt in that moment was like, I, I really had forgiven them. Mm. And the second thing, through that process that i realized is sometimes our forgiveness work isn't just on isn't just on us and it isn't just on forgiving the other person sometimes that other person really may feel stuck in being able to move forward without acknowledgement
0: can you elaborate a little bit more on that
1: yes So as when I said earlier, you know, forgiveness is an inside job, and whether or not someone else chooses to forgive us, that's work that we then need to take back. We 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 don't have the choice on other people's actions Mm -hmm. or responses or things like that. But what I realized in this forgiveness process is that some people really do need this acknowledgement. They, they need this verbal or they want this verbal. And to be able to hold space for someone to be vulnerable, to be open, to, to have someone say, this is the stuff that I did and I really, truly am sorry for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just very eye-opening, very insightful, very insightful to be able to do the forgiveness work and hold space for someone that I may have perceived, quote unquote, did me wrong.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: So being able to hold space for someone else through that forgiveness process while you're holding space for yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. How challenging is that? Or is there a place where you come to where it's like almost like this peace? Or you know you're forgiven and it's this peace that's like this undercurrent um, for the other person as well?
1: It depends on where, I believe it depends on where you are in the process, where you are in your healing, where you are in, in the journey. This particular um, experience that I just shared, for me, it was a sense of peace. Mm. For me, it was because I didn't need that apology.
2: Mm, it
1: yeah. wasn't for me so much as I was holding space for the person on on their part of their forgiveness and their
0: healing journey. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, we're going to be wrapping it up soon. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners about this concept? um, of forgiveness
1: to be easy, be easy. I think that we all have the potential to, to hurt someone, whether intentionally or not, we've all probably hurt people unintentionally and we don't Mm -hmm. even realize that.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so to be easy, be kind and gentle, not just with yourself during this process, but others as well. Everyone goes through working through their emotions, working through their feelings and their thoughts. And you know, they're for, it's not linear. It's not a one, two, three, and everyone's at different spots. And just because you were at one spot today doesn't mean that's where you'll be next week. So just be easy. We're very hard on ourselves. <laughs>
0: I know, coming from like all or nothing type of person, yeah. I'm, I'm like,
1: mom be easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm. Yeah, I I do the hard stuff so that you know the people that I coach don't have to. I'm like, right, take it from me. it took the long way. Let me tell you the short way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rita, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your wisdom in your part of your story. Um, I look forward to working with you again in the future. Um, for those who are listening, thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked the show, make sure make sure you share your love with a five star and review, and share this episode with your family and friends. Until then, um, stay tuned for us next week with more on this concept of fitness for forgiveness or peace and out hello strong ones thank you so much for tuning in with the beauty of fall being here i decided to do a series of episodes of this concept of forgiveness this is all leading up to a fall fitness for forgiveness challenge i am hosting October 21st through October 28th. This challenge includes videos of how to roll out different parts of our body and releasing and letting go tension we may be carrying. Along with these videos, you'll also be getting daily emails with tools and guidelines of how to embody forgiveness mentally and emotionally. This challenge is for those people who may deal with chronic pain, dealing with an injury, or may feel stuck within their body. This challenge is also for those who want to embody forgiveness on the mental and emotional aspect of life. The way you sign up is through simply subscribing to my YouTube channel and subscribing to my newsletter. The links are down below in the show notes. I look forward to having you join me on this journey of embodying forgiveness I truly believe when we train our mind, our emotions, and our physical body in congruent as one, we are guided to our spirits wisdom and our deepest desires as a human being. We open ourselves up and give ourselves the freedom to chase and become our wildest dreams. I look forward for you to join on this challenge. Make sure you click the links below. Other than that, enjoy the next episode on this concept of embodying forgiveness. Blessings on your journey.